scripture memory verse tonight, Acts 17, 11. These were more fair-minded than the Thessalonians in that they in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Acts 17, 11. Anybody else? Acts 17, 11. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they searched or in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Good job. Anybody else? Read it. Memorized it. It's a pretty long scripture, but find out if these things are so it's fine those are not they're in italic so it doesn't they're not there anyway anybody else want to try we are in acts and remember the original title of the book of acts i love to always tell people was the acts of the holy spirit through the apostles now, as we move into apostasy and away from God and we take the Holy Spirit out, now we just call it Acts. But it literally was the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. And that's what we want to remember, that our actions need to be underneath the power, underneath the power of the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. And there's nothing good that dwells in our flesh Yet much of Christianity, Christianity today is done in the flesh. It's done by programs. It's done by instruction from man instead of instruction and power and leading from God and his spirit. And we have to remember, you know, again, the Bible tells us, he who has the ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit says to the church. And the church is the called out ones. It's the ecclesia. It's not just to the building. It's to the people, and each person has something that they're specifically supposed to be listening for and doing for God. We all have been called to be witnesses and to work together to bring other people to salvation. Uh, and that's the ministry that we're involved with, is the, as we serve God, we are serving others and doing a work of reconciliation of souls. Anybody else want to try this verse? Very amazing verse. Book of Acts. We're on the second missionary journey. Paul and Silas. Remember the first missionary journey, they took John Mark, Barnabas and Paul and John Mark. And John Mark was uh, just too young and he turned back. And there was sharp disagreement between Barnabas and Paul when they wanted to go on to this second missionary journey and uh, it separated. God used this sharp disagreement to 
separate and create two teams to go on missionary journeys. We never, we never read about Barnabas now, but we don't want to be disparaging against Barnabas because his literal name means son of encouragement. He's the one brought Paul down and introduced him to the uh, uh, apostles in Jerusalem when Paul was an outsider. You know, so, uh, but, but John Mark, I think, was Barnabas' cousin. And we see John Mark later, you know, Paul says, bring, uh, send John Mark with the parchments. He's useful for me for ministry. And I believe he's the one that wrote the Gospel of Mark. So we know that they were reunited, they reconciled, but he was just too young. And Paul was a no-nonsense guy. He's like, no, I don't want somebody trying to turn back. We need a faithful followers of Jesus. The only thing that we're called to do is the ministry of reconciliation, and all you're asked to do is be faithful to God by the power of the Spirit. That's it. Just be faithful to do what He calls you to do. But a lot of times we get our eyes fixed on other people, and we're saying, well, they're not faithful. But that, don't worry about them. We'll get to that in John 21, or last chapter of John, yeah, John 21. If don't, don't, I have them to live till the end, or stay until I return, don't worry about him. You. What about you? What about your relationship with God? What about you being led by the Holy Spirit? So that's where they're at as we come up on this verse in 1711. But I want to go all the way back. Let's go all the way back uh, to 171, and we'll just read it quickly. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I do want to cover all the way through here and kind of really understand that they're... Um, that there, aren't, there, there, there was no churches. They're planting them. They're going out to tell people about Jesus. And, I, and I, I, in my heart, I have a heart of a church planner. I, I like doing that. I like to go and tell the gospel. I don't have. I mean, I've been involved in two church churches that were started up, and it's been fun. It's actually exciting. Um, it's kind of like giving a old dog a young dog it excites me when that happens I, anyway so 17 1 of the book of acts and when they had passed through amphipolis and apollonia they came to thessalonica where there was a synagogue of jews now the rule was that there was 10 adult males they would build a synagogue. So they had to be 10 adult males. So we know that some of the Jews have went to this area in Thessalonica. Then Paul, as was his custom, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures. Now think about this for a minute. You know, Paul says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of God, for it is the power, or the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. For the Jew first and then to the Greek. And he always would go to the Jews first. And then he would move away and go to the Greeks. But he gave them a chance. His heart was really for his countrymen. And we read about that in I think chapter 9 of Romans. But notice where he's reasoning from. He's reasoning from the scriptures. The graphe. The holy writ. It was in scrolls. But notice it, there's, there's no New Testament. Listen. The New Testament wasn't written yet. So when we hear that, we know that he's reasoning from the Old Testament. He's teaching them from the Old Testament. Listen to me. Very important because there's these, these charlatans today in Antichrist that would love to get rid of the Old Testament. 
And that's the way the New Testament was confirmed. That's the way Jesus was confirmed. We understand who he is through the Old Testament. Look what he does. What, what's he reason? He's explaining and demonstrating. I didn't get the words. They're different words in the King James. It's a lot different words. But he's explaining to them and demonstrating to them that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead. And saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. So listen, he's, he's looking in the Old Testament. Maybe in Isaiah 53, in the Psalms, different places. Maybe he's in Genesis 22. But he's reasoning, he's showing the foundational truths of God. Prophesying that the Messiah was going to come. And here he is. It's been fulfilled. And that's pretty amazing. But he uses the scriptures that has to always be the place we land. We can't land someplace else and say, well, God has showed me. Well, God has told me. you got to be very careful with that stuff. Because if it doesn't line up with the scriptures, if it doesn't line up with um, um, what God's character and nature and will already is, you can end up in a bad place. But they want to move us away from the scriptures. They want to move us to church tradition. Even when they teach the scriptures, they want to move us away from what the Spirit would say and what God's intent was and the way that we interpret it today and it fits into our traditional church that's apostate today. So you have to be careful with this. What was God saying? That's why it's a personal love relationship. That's why if somebody wants to tell me something about my wife, listen, I know my wife because we had a relationship. I know who she is. So it's hard to tell me something about her unless you just had a relationship with her you know, as a child or you as a babysitter. Now I can listen. I can hear some things that tell me testimony of what she used to do. But for the past 28 years, I know who she was. So do you have a relationship with God that when somebody starts telling you something, you go, hey, that ain't the Lord that I know. That ain't the Jesus I know. That ain't the God that I am married to or betrothed to. That's not who I've been growing in intimacy with. Listen, see, because if not, you're just listening to man. You're just listening to what man is saying. If you don't let the Spirit of God teach you the voice of God and the will of God for the glory of God, you want to know what God is doing and be a part of that. Get in the water and become part of the body of Christ as you're betrothed to him, as he washes and cleanses you. We need to know what the scriptures say God would do because there's people pointing us to places that God's not doing. It's not God. It's the spirit of Antichrist leading people away into physical battles, into projects that have nothing to do with salvation of souls. Listen, we don't need a whole bunch of programs and things to save souls. What we need is the word of God. We need to speak the word of God to people and let their conscience be convicted of truth to light shining into their graveyard, into their tomb, and then they have to decide, do I want to follow God and believe that or do I want to keep living in death? I had somebody ask me this week because uh, I was sharing the word of God and they said, well, are you a, Christ, do you, are you a follower of God or are you a soul winner? 
And I said, well, I'm, I'm both. As I follow God, that's what he's doing on the planet, is he's here saving souls. And if I'm not here to save souls, then why am I here? Why didn't he just take me home when I believed? But we're finishing the work that he started. He said, greater works we will do. Greater works than I you will do if I go to the Father. Why? Because he's going to give us the Holy Spirit. How are you going to obey my commandments? How in the world could we obey God's commandments if he doesn't give us the Holy Spirit? There's nothing in us that would obey God. We have to have the Holy Spirit or we don't know what he's even saying to the church. We can't understand the book that is spiritual if we don't have a teacher. No man can teach you. Only the Spirit can teach you. Only the anointing can come from the Spirit of God. It can't come from man. You can listen and go, wow, that was powerful, and walk away and do nothing. You can listen and say, wow, that was good, and walk away and do nothing. That's what people do today. I feel really good about that. I was at church, and I was a good message pastor, doing nothing. That's not relationship with God. That's not. When the Spirit of God is speaking and using someone to instruct and equip, then your spirit has to receive it back. And if it's a fleshly spirit, you can't receive the spiritual seed. So you need to be alive to Christ with the Spirit of God sealing you and teaching you. And then when you understand it and you go and bear fruit, then it proves the evidence that you are truly born again. And you're listening to the Word of God and hearing the voice of God and involved. You're getting in the water and you're going out no matter what they say. You, these people were worried about dying. Do you see that anywhere in the Scriptures? Don't go there, Paul. You're going to die. I'm ready to die. I'm going to give up my life. What do you mean? Every, all the Christians are afraid to die today. Isn't that called unbelief? Fear? The opposite of belief? I'm really concerned. I'm not trying to act like I'm somebody special. I'm just saying, where is the church? We're supposed to be proclaiming the word of God so that men can be challenged with truth. And the only reason they killed these disciples, go read the Bible. The only reason they killed them. Why did they kill the prophets of old that were bringing the word of God? Because they were bringing the word of God. And now Christians will tell you, well, don't do that. You just need to just dress up and stand pretty and look pretty in front of them. Really? And then they'll go, hey, that guy must know Jesus. Look at that. He's got a three-piece suit on. He must know Jesus. He knows the God of the universe. He bought it at Sears. I'm being very facetious, but what in the world kind of evangelism is that? Be nice to people. Say thank you and please, and pretty soon they'll ask you. What if they die and go to hell while you're waiting for them to ask you? I'm sorry. It's not the gospel. These guys went from town to town to town and said, we're here to proclaim Jesus. Who's that? Well, he died. He's the Messiah of God. Well, who's that? And they would keep explaining and reasoning. Well, we don't believe that because the Messiah is supposed to. Well, let me show you. Let's look at the scriptures. Let's look at the graphite. Let's look back at the scrolls. And they made sure it happened. Listen, didn't they? everybody didn't have a Bible. Everybody didn't have five Bibles in their houses. They had to go find the scrolls. They had to come to synagogue. They had to find them or have money to afford them. They didn't have copies of these things. We've got them in every house. And we're reasoning from the TV. We're reasoning from the last sermon. We're reasoning from somebody's 
blog. We're reasoning from everything except from the scriptures. We're listening to every spirit except for the Holy Spirit. I'm not picking on people here. It's people in Texas. We've got to send some evangelists down there and get those people saved. We've got to wake up in the church, people. Notice what happened. When you speak the scriptures, it's always going to divide. Here is a good way of dividing. Some were persuaded. Verse 4. Some were persuaded in a great multitude of the devout Greeks, not the Jews, and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. So they believed. That's what that means when they join them. But the Jews, that's the Jewish nation once again. See, sometimes the church destroys the church more than anybody else. See, our enemy is not out there in the culture. Our enemy is the, the division in the church that wants to build church like the culture. Instead of listening to the Holy Spirit. The, the damage comes from inside when we listen to false teachers. The Jews who were not persuaded, being envious, they were jealous, they were mad that people were listening. Why'd they kill Jesus? They were envious, they were jealous because he was truth incarnate. And they said, all the people are being drawn to him. We got to do something. When you speak the truth of the gospel, people are supposed to hear it and change. But we're living at the end of the age. You're not going to see it as much. You're, not, you're just not going to see it as much. Now, they see it a little bit more in other countries. America is so fat and prosperous that they don't think they need anything. They're okay. My parents were Christians. I'm good. I went to church as a kid. That doesn't work. God has no grandchildren. He only has a bride. And she's betrothed to him. And she's preparing herself for that wedding supper. And that's done through the power of the Holy Spirit as you hear the word of God and you obey it. Anything else is just plain victory by falsity. We'll get to there. That's what Thessalonica means. Victory with falsehood. So it's a false conversion. See, this is where they're at. They're in Thessalonica. Look, they're at Jason's house, hanging out. Jason accepted them. They didn't have to dust their feet. They went there to look for them, mob mentality. Watch what these do. Watch what these jealous people do. They took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathered a mob and set the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. What's going on in our society today? Listen, the attack has always been on the gospel. And they go get some evil men and they stir them up and they, and they burn down cities. There's nothing new going on. And the attack is on the gospel. The attack is on truth. The attack is always to get the gospel out of the culture so that they can be God. So that the government can be God. So that the Antichrist can rule and reign. And nobody will spread the word of God, the truth of God. And Jesus says, well, I even find faith when I come. Because everybody's running around afraid and, and uh, won't open their mouth and tell people about Jesus. Not an indictment, it's a truth. Not an indictment, just a truth spoken that we need to hear. That the only thing that's going to bring anybody to salvation is hearing the truth. So 
So notice, listen, listen here. I, I'm sorry. I want to get to the text, but I just can't pass it up. Notice this is Jews that are in synagogue that were listening. They rejected Paul, who is proclaiming Jesus to Christ as the Messiah. And what did they do? They don't go, okay, we're going to throw him out on his head. We're going to kick him out and excommunicate him. What did they do? They went and found some evil men that would do some dastardly deeds. The same way they got Judas to do some dastardly deeds. But they couldn't find anybody that was in the church that was going to do the dastardly. They went and got some evil men to make sure that something got done to this voice that was speaking the truth. And the same way they cut off any other John the Baptist's head, they're cutting off the faithful witness of Paul and trying to get rid of him. Verse 6. Man, but when they had, when they did not find them, they dragged Jason, mob mentality, you got to get somebody, and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Listen, they turn the, they're turning the world right side up. It's already upside down. But if you don't know Jesus, you think they're turning it upside down. They're, God came to save, to flip us right side up again. We're already upside down. Born spirit, soul, and body in the garden. And sin caused us to be body, soul, and spirit. And now when you come to Jesus, you're flipped back up right side again spirit soul and body and the church needs to know that our spirits married to the spirit of god betrothed to god and then we begin to uh, train our mind will and emotion and our body to obey the gospel to listen and and to, and to bring every thought captive to the obedience of christ well well how do i do that you learn who christ is you have a relationship you let the holy spirit lead you as you follow and he'll tell you when you're not doing it. And then you can go, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Forgive me. And he washes and cleanses you more. But they're flipping the world right side up, not upside down. He came to pick the apples up and get them back on the cart. That was a joke about the garden. Sorry. There's a little deep. Verse 7, Jason has harbored them. And these are all acting contrary to the government, to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there's another king, Jesus. They're all acting contrary to what the government has commanded, that Caesar is God. They're all acting contrary. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security, put them out, let them out on bail, from Jason and the rest, they let them go. I'm moving quickly. There's a lot of things I would love to say. They bailed out of jail. Then the brethren, verse 10, immediately, straight away, sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Notice, listen, listen. Now notice the scriptures and how they're redeeming the time. They sent them away by night to Berea. And, 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 and notice the scriptures. If you read it, then Paul, what he did was he went and took a nap. And he went over and he got a, a couple camels rented. And then he thought about going fishing. No, he went straight into a synagogue. Straight into there. I mean, he was redeeming the time. He was about the father's business. He was doing what he's always been doing. He didn't, he didn't go, okay, well, let's do some other things first. The scriptures are clear on this to us, guys. And Berea, I like Berea. I'm they got to Berea. You know what Berea means? Well watered. 
That's what Berea means, well watered. And water is always a picture of the Holy Spirit. And, and listen, when you're well watered and you're spending time with God and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you, you're going to have a readiness of heart to hear the Word of God. Listen to me, because the Holy Spirit is preparing you. The Holy Spirit's turning over the fallow ground. The Holy Spirit's moving in your heart. The Holy Spirit's digging in there, wanting to, to, to prepare you and adorn you as a bride waiting for the groom. So the Word of God is ready in you. Berea means well-watered, ready to grow. Because when you take the Word of God and you put the water on it, what happens? The seed begins to grow. The water is going to grow it. It's just, it's just naturally going to happen. So there they are. And then we get to our verse. I don't even know what's going to come out with that. But our verse is pretty amazing. And, and so we have a contrast. Right? We have a contrast going on here. Well watered. And then Thessalonians. Berea and Thessalonica. Two cities not far apart. Both in the Asia Minor district, close to Macedonia, where Philippi and stuff are. And here they are in this area going back to strengthen the churches, talk to the churches, second missionary journey. And we have this testimony given by the Holy Spirit, putting it on paper that these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. Now, the King James translates it more noble. Typically, when you see this, and it's actually noble-minded, you got to you got to get this that it was the mind, uh, and we don't we don't really see that until we get down to readiness. But in the text, it's it's readiness of mind in the King James. We don't really get this, but their mind was set on the things of God. Where's your mindset? That's what you need to see here in this because it's about where your mind is set. Because see, if your mind is set on earthly things, you're not really wanting to hear the, the word of God because it's keeping you from getting the earthly things. It's speaking against the earthly treasures. And so where's your mind at? And the devil wants our mind to always be focused on that I need to get this stuff. And how come they got the stuff and I don't have the stuff? And jealous and envious and wanting. And, and you don't have to have a dollar to have a greedy heart. You don't have to have a dime to have a bitter heart. You don't have to have anything to want to be rich. It's a desire of the heart. So the devil tricks us. And says, well, I don't have a greedy heart. I don't even have any money. But no, you have a greedy heart because you're mad and you're jealous and envious and bitter because you want to get what they got. Instead of being content with godliness or, or with, uh, uh, what, is it? what is the scripture? Uh, uh, what's the great content verse? Godliness with contentment is great. Godliness with... Is great gain, that's it. That's great gain. But listen to this. This is the word, because I want you to see this. This word here typically is translated nobleman, noble-minded. It means well-born, high in rank. Uh, but, but really, it, 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 it could mean generous. Um, it, it's, it's one of those words that the devil took now pay attention because this is a very very crazy thought the devil took the well minded 
Berean and flipped it upside downward and used it evilly. The same way that God, the devil uses evil on us and then God uses it for good, what the devil meant for bad, God used for good. He works all things out for good. For those who love him are called according to his purpose, even when it looks bad. The devil took these noble people that were well-intentioned, they had a readiness of mind to hear the word of God, and guess what he did? He flipped it around, because you know what this word is? It's Eugene. Eugene. It's the word we get eugenics from. It's the word where the devil begins to try to destroy all the poor and the weak and the different nationalities. It's the word eugenics. And actually, most people don't know it. I looked it up. I go, I got to just find out some more about this eugenics stuff. Uh, and, and it's to, and this was the word. It, it meant somebody that was noble-minded, and they took it and flipped it upside downward and came up with an entire uh, field of eugenics to kill off poor, weak, handicapped people that were not what they wanted to grow for their master race. But I want you to see where it comes from. Who coined the phrase? This is out right out of right out of the world's history books. In 1883, Sir Francis Galton, cousin of Charles Darwin, coined the phrase eugenics, using the Greek words for good and birth, meaning well-born. This is the word right here. That's the first thing you're going to get from uh, more fair-minded. It's more noble. It means well-born. Now, now, I was telling the guy today, I go, what? Because he, he said he was born in the church. I go, what a great testimony. I go, that is so fantastic. And I think that's the best testimony you can have, to be well born in the church because you had a father and a mother who was obeying God and training their child in the way that they're supposed to go. That's the way this is supposed to work. But it gets flipped upside downward. And now I've had people say to me, well, I don't have a testimony like yours, and I just don't think it works. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what do you mean you don't have a testimony like mine? You were a sinner, you were none righteous, no, not one. Yeah, but I was born in the church, and I didn't go out and do drugs and live like either. Well, well, praise the Lord! <laughs> what do you mean? You got the better testimony. Somebody trained you, you've known God all your life. What is your problem? Why are you not out sharing the gospel? No, I'm just saying, it's supposed to be well-born. And you're well-born if you're raised by Christian parents. But you know what happens is, is because you're raised by Christian parents in a gospel of grace, you become complacent and lazy and you do nothing. The next generation does nothing. That's how we got the book of Judges. The next generation went into the land and didn't finish and just everybody did what was right in their own eyes because there was no king. And we have it in the church today. There's no king on the throne when you do what's right in your own eyes. And that's what we're living at. There's no king on the throne when you just do whatever you want and go, oh, I don't believe what Greg says about the Bible. That's just, that's why how he looks at it. Then you look at it. Ask the Spirit to teach you what it's saying. See, because I've been born again, and now I'm well born into the kingdom of God, into the family of God. And I'm going to tell somebody about it. And I'm not pointing at me. I'm pointing at what Jesus is doing in our lives. He gives us his spirit. He gives us all the power in heaven and earth to go out with authority and to tell people. 
And then we go, well, I'm just going to stand around at the street corner until they ask me why I'm standing here, and then I'll tell them. I'm just going to go to work and do a good job, and, and I'm never going to use scripture because that's just offensive. I'm just going to wait, and they're going to say, you're a very nice guy. And I'll say, thank you. Because they never did say, why are you a very nice guy? So I just can't say nothing. I'm sorry. I am really down on this lifestyle evangelism because it never uses words. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith does not come by watching you walk around and be polite. Irma Bombeck wrote the book on politeness. That's just worldly manners. You guys are looking at me like, who in the world is Irma Bombeck? No, it's the original etiquette book. That they, she didn't really make it. But they, they would rather you be real nice and wash your hands. And the Pharisees wanted them to wash their hands and let people go to hell. So anyway, I'm getting carried away. Listen, we get the word eugenics from this word. It comes from a word you, Y-O-O in the Greek which means to act rightly, to do well. The first time that word is used in the Bible, it's well done, good and faithful servant. Matthew 25, 21. And then from genomi, eugenomi, eugenics is where these come from, which means to cause to be generated. And it means to be well born. But you have to be born again into the kingdom of God to be well born. Yes, I mean, even if you're born into a Christian family and you were raised in the church and you know that you still need to be born again into the family of God by the Spirit of God. Just because you were born in a Christian family and your parents trained you in the grace of God and how to behave right in church and to go to church does not mean that you're born again. You have to come into a relationship with God by believing, not just your parents, but believing God. So these were more noble, more fair-minded, more generous. These in Berea that were well-watered. Plants grow better when they're watered. And so do people that are well-born into the kingdom of God. When you allow the Holy Spirit to water you and you're walking in the Spirit, um, you're going to be of noble character, nobility. and You'll be able to go into any area and do what God has called you to do by speaking the truth of the Word of God. And guess what? People ain't going to like it. When you shine light up in their grave, they don't like it. We know why bars are dark. They don't like light being shown up in a bar. People see how ugly you are, how perverted you are, how drunk you are. That's why they don't have lights in bars. Turn the light off. I ain't even awake yet. Right? Arise from your sleep. Awake from the dead and Christ will give you light. And then what do you do, Greg? You see then that you walk circumspectly as exactly as possible as you can by the power of the Holy Spirit, not still as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Find out what the will of the Lord is. 
Be always be being filled with the Holy Spirit of promise. And do the one another ministry. Wash one another's feet. More fair-minded, more noble-minded than who? Than those others that were in Thessalonica. Now this is really a good word here, Thessalonica. Uh, and it, Thessalonica, it, it, it blows me away what it means. Victory of falsity. Right? Victory, of course, is Nike. Nike, it's backward. You always read from right to left. So the Nike tennis shoe, that's where they get this at. I mean, that's, that's where they get it. I don't know if that swish across it is supposed to be a lightning bolt. Because it's victory from falsity. I've always thought it was a lightning bolt. That's just my opinion. Um, because there was one that fell from heaven like lightning. You guys getting this yet? Okay, I'm just trying to lead you to water. <laughs> Go ahead. That's what the Nazis used. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what the eugenics was. That's what they, to have a superior race, they've been doing it forever. And they, and they, and, you know, uh, it's, it's man's government to take the smart people and put them in colleges. That's eugenics. It's to take the smart people and teach them all the same thing. Godlessness. That's eugenics. I mean, we don't talk about that in our culture, but that's eugenics too. I was trying to go light on eugenics, but everything that the worldly system that they're underneath the sway of the wicked one is doing is if you'll listen to what they're saying with AI, if you'll listen to what they're saying in their colleges, now you can get a PhD behind your name and you get to be part of the superior race and the leader. And those that don't have an education, they can't. They're uneducated. And so we don't want to procreate with them and make more of them. In fact, they used to actually go into prisons and they, and, and they would sterilize everybody in the prisons so that they wouldn't make more criminal-minded they do the same thing with, 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 with uh, marriages that were broken and single moms. They did the same thing in the black families, white families. It didn't matter. Poor families, they killed off the weaker race, and that's what they considered it was. That's why you get a lot of this backward thinking. Uh, uh, that, and it, it all started in Europe, too, So uh, with Darwin, and, and that's where it comes from. It's godlessness. Anyway, i got to stop because I'll get too carried away with it. And I wanted to move on. Thank you, Michael. It was exactly what Hitler used. And it's what Margaret Sanger brought over here with Planned Parenthood. And, and uh, some of uh, um, George Soros' family. And what's the other guy that um, does the computers and he did the vaccines. And Bill Gates. Bill Gates, his family. His dad was a, a big guy in the Planned Parenthood. I mean, they're all a bunch of eugenics people because they think we're a bunch of stupid peons. And that's why God uses the weak things and the base things, and he gives us the gospel. We can go out with the truth. I don't need a Ph.D. I don't need any of their information when I know truth. I can go bless them by standing in front of them and telling them truth. And if they'll receive it, they can be adopted into my family. That's the best well-born there is. That's the best eugenics there is, is to be saved from this crooked and perverse generation and not to be sucked back into it thinking you're doing good by getting an education. I'm not speaking against learning things. I'm speaking against learning lies that is godlessness that's based upon a dichotomy instead of a trichotomy. 
They leave God out of their system. They're taking God out of their system. And we've been created a trichotomy, spirit, soul, and body. But they don't want to do anything for the spirit of a man except tell you that you come from a monkey. And they know better. They are actively speaking against God, and they want you to believe it. And God's spirit and God's people are in the world testifying of something different, and they want to shut us up so that you never think about it, and you just blindly follow the piper into the grave and into hell. That's all they want you to do. That's why you have to wake up and let Christ give you light, and then you have to find out what this truth is, that's why if you're well-born, you're going to be more fair-minded about what you're doing. And you're not just going to believe everything that the news says, but you're going to think and ask the Holy Spirit, what should I be doing? I'm going to get so excited, I'm going to pop. So, victory, Nike, right? Of, listen to me, of is all over the Bible. But of here means from or out of, proceeding from. Where does the victory proceed from? Well, it proceeds from Christ. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. our communion. I could, I could have gave you about 800 of these, but I'm giving you one. Eleven twenty three of 1 Corinthians. I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That's our perfect plan. You have to receive of the Lord that which I also deliver to you. Right? So it's of, victory of, and in this case, falsity. False victory. That's exactly what Thessalonica means. False victory. So what were they trying to do? Kill the truth that was being preached in the streets. They hated it. Because it, 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 was, it was speaking into their darkness. It was shining light upon their false life. It was, it was shining on them, and they didn't like it, so they tried to kill them. It was against the false system that they had created. So it was a false victory. Falsity means in conformity to truth. It means the quality of being false, a lie. So victory of proceeding from a lie. All you have to do is say a prayer. All you have to do is believe. Come gather. I mean, there's so many things going on that are telling people they have victory when it's from falsity. They're living in Thessalonica and they need to be Bereans. They need to be Bereans, well watered. Because we need the Holy Spirit. And that's why these were more noble-minded these were more generous. These were, these were more fair-minded. These were, these were well-born is because they're well-watered. And they have readiness. They're wanting to hear what God has to say. These people were not a part of even the things that were going on, the false system. So um, we have a false victory here. Now look at 2 Timothy 4.10. Because I want you to know that, what did I say, 2 Timothy 4.10? See how quick my brain went? Mm -hmm. He's like, he just said that, and then he didn't know? Two words, though. What did I say, 4.10? That's a gun, isn't it? 
or 10. Look at this. 4 and 9. Be diligent to come to me quickly. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Listen to me. And has departed for Thessalonica. Listen. He was with Paul. He was preaching the gospel. He was living the gospel. And then he forsook Paul and victory in truth. Why? Because he loved this present world. And he departed from him and went to Thessalonica. I just wanted to read that to you because it sounds really serious. He left doing the right thing and went back to the false thing. And it's easy to walk back. See, that's what happened when we talked about this on Friday night. When the southern tribe tried to get the northern tribe to come back, they ended up going the way of the northern tribe. You cannot go out and win people back. You have to just teach the truth. Well, I can't say you can't go back because if you turn one from the air of their way, you've won a soul. Uh, you've saved a soul, James says. Uh, but be very careful trying to go for the sake of love or the sake of peace or we just all together we got to agree to disagree and all of these lies that they're telling us in the church today do not compromise the gospel and end up like Demas loving this present evil world because somebody said you're awesome I really like working with you you're great you do a good job can we write a book about you ugh already got 66 up about me. All right, what about Jesus? Oh, we've got 66 of them too. Saving the world. So, victory of falsity. Where is your victory coming from? Listen to me. If your victory is coming from Jesus, you're going to bear fruit worthy of repentance. If your victory is coming from being well watered, if it's coming from the Word of God, if it's coming from a readiness of mind to hear and search the Scriptures, you're going, you're going to be having evidence that proves that you're born again. But if it's victory through falsity, then the world is going to accept you. If it's victory through falsity, then Thessalonica is going to like you. If it's victory through falsity... They won't be offended by what you say and do. But if the Word of God, the living Word of God, Jesus Christ, and the Spirit of God is growing in you, you're going to have to tell somebody. It's got to get out. It's got to come out. And, and if it's not coming out in some way, shape, or form, if it's not coming out through the, the ministry of your hands, the ministry of your mouth, the ministry of the church, then you may be living in Thessalonica victory through falsity because God's power cannot be held down God's word cannot be changed and squilched and, and not used when it goes out it's going to accomplish what it's purpose to do it's living and active it's sharper than any two edged sword it's able to divide the bone and the marrow and the soul and the spirit and it's a discerner the thoughts and intents of the heart and believe me if you just let it out of the cage my goodness. People are going to get mad. So spend time with God. 
grow fruit of righteousness. In that they received, they accepted, they, they took a hold of, they got a hold of, they received the word with readiness of heart. But wait a minute. Receive, first usage, Matthew 10. Matthew 10, 14 is the first usage of received. Matthew 10, 14. Matthew 10, 14, yes. When Jesus sent out his disciples. And this is the first time that the word is used. Because he's sending us out. As the Father sent me, I send you. Go and make disciples. Look at this, 10, 14. And whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words, not check out your suit and your clothes and what kind of food you got. Words, words. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're to go out and speak the word of God to people. Listen, if they will not receive you and hear your word, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. I certainly, I say to you, be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for those. That's the first time that word is used, is when God is sending out those that he's training. And that's how we got the gospel to us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, through those who obeyed and went out with power and listened. And they didn't go out in their own name. And they went out speaking the truth of God, sharing the scriptures, and they killed them all. Killed them all. Because they obeyed Christ. Not because of anything else, but because they obeyed God. Faithful. What they receive. Let's see what they receive. Gifts, money. They receive the word. Listen. Why did they receive the word? Because that's all Paul was given them. Why could they receive the word? Because that's all they were being told. They weren't giving them anything else. See, there's, so there's, there, there, there's clearness in the scriptures. They weren't, they weren't doing anything else but the word of God. And yet we've made church everything except for the word of God. Because we don't want to sit down and spend time with God and learn the word of God. We don't want to hear what he's saying to us. Because we might have to do something differently except go tomb tripping and hanging out in the graveyard. It's easier to stay in the graveyard. Listen to me. But there's no blessing with that victory through falsity. There's no, there's no blessing in that. There's only death in that. If you stay in the graveyard, come forth, Lazarus. You have to come forth. You see, light can shine into the dark place, but when he tells you to come forth, you have to come out of the grave. And my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. They come out of the grave. They come out from among them. They no longer desire to do what they're doing. To go where they're going. It doesn't float my boat anymore. Can I stumble in it? Yes. Can I trip and fall in it? Yes. But a child of God will not stay in it. And God will chastise them through it. And bring them back out of it. Or you can depart and go back to Thessalonica. He will not force you. But he'll do things to spank your butt to get you to realize Oh, this is not where I should be playing at. Thessalonica is not my home. But he'll let you have it if you want it. 
You can eat all the vomit you want. It doesn't change him one bit. They received the word, the logos. The, it's something said, including including the thought. See, isn't it amazing that the Holy Spirit will tell you the thought of God's heart? That's what he does. See, I, people read this book all the time and they go, well, you see what they did? Yeah, I see what they did, but do you see what they did? Did you see he was talking about the word of God? He wasn't talking about the noble eugenics. He was talking about the word of God. Because that's what, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. It has to be the word of God being lifted up. It can't be everything else that we're doing. Now, does that mean that you can't do some of the things that are going on in church? No. But the word of God has to be central. The word of God has to be the most important thing. The word of God has to be stood on as the rock. You cannot change the word of God or nothing else you're doing matters. And so many churches, they're reading through the scriptures, but they're teaching it in a physical, earthbound way. They're teaching it in how it applies down here instead of who you are up there. You need to be set free and understand that if you believe in Jesus, you're well born. You don't have to stand around in Thessalonica. You can go out and be the authority in your community. Listen, it's very important to know that. And I'm telling you right now, when you do that, people get mad at that. They don't like that because they want to be the captain of their ship. And that right there will tell you who you can actually share with. Because the Bereans are well watered. They're waiting to hear the word of God. They want to hear the word of God. They have readiness of mind. They're waiting for somebody to tell them truth and to talk about truth and to share the word of God with one another. They're not intimidated by the word of God because they know the groom. Because they're spending time with him. And if they don't know him as well as you know him, then they want to know him more. They desire to know him more. So they're ready to hear what you have to say. Because my sheep hear my voice. Even if they haven't come yet, that's what we're going out to do, to help gather them. Because if we're not gathering with him, we're scattering people abroad. What is that? Matthew 23, 11? check it real quick. I don't like saying wrong verses. Matthew 23 11 was one of our memory verses. Boy, I bet I got it wrong too. I'm old. Wasn't 23 11, was it? I wonder what it was. Somebody look that up for me. Wasn't, oh, is it 20 11? Now everybody's looking at the scripture trying to find a verse to Greg. Just flippantly said, we're supposed to be gathering with him, not scattering abroad. 12-11? It was one of our memory verses. Now I don't know the address. It's not 12 -11. Oh, that's 13 still. Yeah, it's 12-30. Uh, how did I do that? He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Matthew 12, 30. i got to memorize that. That's not right. Sorry. Scratch that from the tape. So listen to me, though. We're supposed to be gathering souls. How do you do that, Greg? You go out and you share the bait. You're a fisherman. You speak the word of God to them. 
Why do they want to silence the word of God? It's the only thing that sets men free. It's truth. Everybody else, victory and falsity. They're listening to the lie. They're following religion. They're making up their own little rules, their own little conduct, their own little programs. God's sheep hear his truth, and then they learn to obey it. And part of obeying it is confessing when you're not. These were well born. These that are well watered. And they received the word. And, it, and listen, because he's preaching. They're preaching. It's not like they're handing out Bibles. Okay? Like a lot of people will do. There's nothing wrong with handing out Bibles. You probably should get some good versions, though. Uh, New King James, King James. Hand out something that's good. Uh, because the rest of them have taken the Holy Spirit out and they want to make it easier to read. And the church loves it. Because now I can read this like I'm reading my morning. Oh, we don't read newspapers anymore. Like I'm reading. Seriously. I mean, it, it doesn't mean that that Bible is completely fodder and needs to be burned. But they've changed so much of it that now it reads like today's culture. And the kingdom of God is not today's culture. The kingdom of God is not today's culture. And if we're living like today's culture, we're not in the kingdom of God. We have victory of falsity. So, they received the word with all readiness of mind. This readiness here, this word means a predisposition. They desired to hear the word of God. There was a predisposition. It was previously fitness, previous fitness to, already to change is what it means. Previous fitness to any change. Listen to me. Very important. Very important. I already believe something, but do I want to change my mind when I hear truth? Metanoia. I already believe something. Maybe I believe a false gospel. Maybe I believe a false religion. But when I hear truth, am I desiring to go, wait a minute. Is that true? I better go search the scriptures. What did they go search? They didn't go search the library. They didn't go search the Google. They didn't go search out in their basement and some books and stuff that they put up. They went back to the scriptures so they knew where truth come from. All truth comes from God. The creator, the one who started everything, genoma of everything. He spoke it into existence. That's why it's called the word of God. He spoke and sent out his message and we are supposed to be hearing it and following what he said. He is the living word of God. And these people were already, they had previous fitness to any change. I'm living wrong. I know I'm not perfected yet. And as I hear the word of God, I'm already desiring with readiness of mind to say, Oh, that's me. I'm going to change. Oh, that's me. I'm sorry, Lord. I repent. Oh, that's me. I'm changing direction. No more victory by falsity. Kill the devil and all of his ammo and his lies. Let's get rid of it. They had a predisposition to want to learn the truth. Because the Spirit of God was in them. 
So you have to quench and grieve and lie to and insult the Holy Spirit to get rid of that predisposition. Because the children of God are supposed to be getting prepared to be the bride of God in heaven, adorned, washed, and cleansed. So the predisposition comes with the Spirit. The readiness of mind is there because I desire, because I know in my conscience that I'm pretending. I know that I'm trying to walk in falsity. I know that I'm not righteous. And I need to hear from God and allow His Spirit to rule and reign in my life. And He already has the power. He already has the gift. And He already has everything for you. But we have to say yes to Him. So when you come to Bible study, when you go to church, when you, when you wake up in the morning, are you ready to hear truth? Are you ready with a fitness to change? And if not, you need to say, Lord, why do I not desire the Word of God? Why do I not desire to get up and change? Why do I not desire to come out of the world? Why do I like this falseness so much? It's because we're in the flesh. We're not allowing the Spirit of God to lead us. We, we might not even be born again. I'm not saying that about anybody that's listening to me, but you have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You have to come to God and say, am I saved? Now, I'm telling you to read the Word of God and be in the Word of God, but guess what? Paul was preaching the Word of God in the air. And then they actually had to go find scriptures. Unless they're rich, unless they are well-to-do, that's why you can take this back. They might have been a little bit of nobility and had some money in Berea. It could have been a pretty rich town because nobody just had scrolls everywhere. Nobody just had them everywhere, and it costs money to have scrolls. But they are in them daily because they've invested their money in this. Where are you investing your money in your life? Oh, yeah, Bible only costs $2. Okay, not then. Oh, they're pretty expensive now still. Yeah, especially a good one. Go out there to, to Barnes & Nobles. You can't even find a new King James. You can't find what the world wants to sell to you. All the Christian bookstores, so-called, have closed down. So the world's now publishing them completely. Nobody is checking them. They're just, they're just bringing them and delivering them to us. We're like, oh, that's a better one there. I don't have to do anything. It already tells me. Go to go, go, go directly to jail. Oh, no, that said hell. I'm sorry. <laughs> Victory by falsity. That's where it ends up at. If we do not wake up, and prayer is the number one place. And if you're praying, God will tell you to get in the Word. And if you're getting in the Word, God's going to put you in fellowship with other believers so you'll be accountable about what the Word says. Well, that ain't what that says. What are you talking about? And we can reason. The prophets are subject to the prophets. And then we can accept correction. You can't get that today. They go, you get, if you don't like what I'm saying, get out of my church. Really? When did it become your church? When did you start owning some sheep? Unless you have victory by falsity, those are God's sheep. And you're a steward of God's, of the manifold grace of God, and you're going to be in big trouble when Daddy gets home. I'm serious. I made it funny, but this is serious stuff. You don't like what we're teaching, you leave. Are you serious? You don't want to reason with them? 
You don't want to sit down and talk with them. You don't want to explain to them. You don't want to go into scriptures and go, this is what it says. You just want to believe your church. Now, I, I admit, sometimes people need to leave. I'm not, I, but not everybody. We need to get right. And if somebody somebody has the Spirit of God and they're showing you that the scriptures say something different and you're just teaching what apostasy teaches, you need to wake up. You need to wake up. The Bible is clear. You have to have a readiness of fitness to change. Because none of us are perfect. We're being perfected. Even Paul, who's writing this, said, Not that I have attained, but one thing I do. I forget that which is behind me and press on toward the higher call of God in Christ Jesus. So he's forgetting that. I was messing up there. I'm changing, moving here. I'm forgetting the dog that bit me. I'm forgiving. I'm giving grace and mercy. I'm moving on to the higher call of God, which is laying your life down for others. Being a servant. Loving one another. Washing feet. Yeah, they were predisposition, readiness, forwardness of mind. This is what's in the front of their mind. What's in the front of your mind today? What is in the front of your mind? What are you searching for? What do you want out of life? What do you think will make you content? When I get back from my three-week vacation, when I get that next promotion, when I get that piece of paper, when I get that relationship, what is going to make your life content? What are you, is your mind ready for? Listen to me. These are very important questions. Because the devil has us everywhere. Our flesh has us everywhere. The world has us looking everywhere. When we get this new president, we get rid of this Joe. We got to get rid of old Joe. You really think that's going to change the evil world? You guys think that Joe is the devil? Did he do it all? We get rid of Joe, the world's going to be back to normal? The world's never going to be back to normal until you accept Jesus and rest. Because he already told us it's all going to get worse and worse and worse. He already told us that perilous times would come. He already told us that all these things were going to happen. And, and just as Janice and Jamboree resisted Moses, resisted the word of God, so did these other charlatans that are having victory through falsity. They resist God and his spirit. They resist the message. And they don't want you bringing the message. But that's what Paul told Timothy. But you, Timothy, you've known the Holy Scriptures that make you wise for salvation. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God might be thoroughly equipped, ready for every good work, ready to change. All readiness. That was a good sermon, but I ain't doing nothing different. I'm just going to go home and keep doing what I've always done. Really, listen, we do that. Not just you people in Texas, but we do that. We go now back to the grind, now back to this week. This is what I got to do. That was the spirit, now I'm going back to my fleshly job. No, no, we're spiritual people. We don't regard anything as flesh and blood anymore. And if we go back to the flesh on Monday, instead of staying in the spirit, and let the Spirit use you to tell those that are still at the grind, in the grave, living for the devil, chasing this world that is vomiting all over them and lying to them. Oh my goodness, I'm going to pass out. 
you can chase that if you want if you want homework second corinthians chapter uh, eight that word readiness is used about a gift that people were taking up the corinthians were taking up uh, to help the church in jerusalem and he says you've determined to do it but now you have to bring it forward to completion i don't i don't want to go there because it's a different subject, but using the same word where you know the truth, you want to do the truth, but you're not moving forward to completion to finish the truth. And that's what happens with our life. Because we go right back to what's comfortable, what's easy, what's natural. But we don't want to live in the natural. We want to live in the supernatural because we're now well born into the kingdom of God. The best eugenics you can ever find. Everybody. He died for everybody. So they, with all readiness of mind, what did they do? They searched. What are you searching for today, Christian? Well, I was looking for a new car, and I was searching in the cupboard. I was trying to find something to eat, and I'm searching for, and I'm searching for. But this word's a little deeper. It means to scrutinize properly. It means to investigate. It actually can mean to interrogate. See, listen, I invite you, interrogate my sermons, interrogate my Bible studies, and let's reason together. Don't stop me in the middle of Bible study and go, whoa, dude, that's heresy. Come to me afterwards in prayer, silence, let's talk together, and then if I'm wrong, I'll apologize and we'll get it right. But don't cause a bunch of division and argument in the room. Let's just do it the right way, because we're trying to work this out together. We're trying to learn and grow together as we follow the Holy Spirit. But it means to determine. It means to find out. They're like, wow, you're bringing some strange things to our ears. Like they said in Athens. Chapter before. And we always thought that, you know, you said a prayer and things were fine. But it looks like I need to be searching and doing some other things. Not for salvation, but because of salvation. Now we come out from among them. Now we become well watered. Now we become well and noble born. Now we become those that are messengers of the king of kings. Now we become the witnesses down here. Shining light up in people's graveyard. So that they can come out and hear the voice of God. And be well born themselves. And we sound the alarm on the victory of falsity. The false gospel even in the church and it will bring um, trouble what did I have here oh so the word searched is first used in Luke 23 14 and it's really where they examine Jesus and they find no fault in him you can go there he's been examined he's been interrogated He's been scrutinized. I even sent him to Herod, and Herod found no wrong with him. <clears throat> and seven times they announced him as innocent. You jealous, envious, heathen dogs that are in the, supposed to be waiting for your Messiah, and you want me to kill him, but I've examined him, and there's nothing wrong with him. Who shall I release to you? I'm trying to get out of this. My wife told me not to have nothing to do with this man. Barabbas! We want the... Victory to falsity. We want the son of the other father because the crowd's been stirred up once again. But what were they searching? Again, what are you searching for? 
They were searching the scriptures. Listen, everything that you're hearing on the TV, everything that you're hearing wherever you're at, everything you're hearing at work, everything that you're hearing from the pulpit, everything that you hear in the car, how do you find out, how do you examine it? What is the plumb line? The scriptures. What is the plumb line? The scriptures, the holy writ, the graphite. Where do you, how do you determine whether it's truth? How can I judge it? How can I interrogate it? How can I determine if it's real? Go back to the scriptures. Don't go and say, my pastor says. Don't go and say, well, Joe Biden said. Well, my Democratic representative said. Go to the scriptures and say, what did God say? Because that's the only way you're going to make a wise decision in Christ. What does the scripture say? And if you can't find it and you're searching, you're going, I can't figure it out. What do I do? Ask for counsel. Talk to other people who are Bereans. They're well-watered. They're well-born. They're studying the scriptures. Don't go ask somebody you know don't know the Bible. Why would you ask somebody that don't know the Bible? Let me go over here and talk to this psychologist and see what they think about this. Oh, my goodness. I am being... I'm going to stop. They didn't just do it once, though. Look, daily. Daily. My daily bread. My daily walk. Daily. Why? Because of the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fell not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Guess what I said first? Because of the Lord's mercies. They proceed from the Lord. They come from Him. Mercy of God comes from the throne room of grace. So that's a proceeding from again. And it's a daily walk. And what are we trying to do? We're finding out whether the things that are being said are so. Listen, the Christians shouldn't have to... Listen, listen, listen. We should be finding out who Jesus is and finding out if what the pastor, the Bible study leader, what I'm reading is so. I should not even be looking at the world. Oh, I was watching on TV and they said that if you take 7 and 7 and 10 and you put them together and you divide them in half and you make up. And then I was just trying to figure out if that was so. Who cares? We're here for souls. Why would we even be listening to earthly, central, demonic wisdom to begin with? I'm just, just saying. They're not pointing you to Jesus. But if you're not searching the scriptures daily and being well watered because you're well born, if you're not checking to see if these things are so and having a daily walk, then you're probably searching for something else. You're trusting in something else. And you're not listening. You have victory in falsity or you're not saved at all. Paul's preaching the word. Look at verse 12. What happened because of this? Therefore, many of them believed. They searched. Is this true? Oh, it is. It is there in the scriptures. Now I can trust it. And also not a few of the Greeks and the prominent women as well as men. And what happened? But when the Jews from victory by falsity learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at well watered, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. Listen, listen. 
It doesn't say that when Paul built a church, when Paul did this, when Paul did that, it says they heard that he was preaching the word. That's what the enemy's against, the word of God. That's why it's so hard to get here on Friday night. That's why it's so hard to get your family here on Sunday morning. That's why it's so hard to get up in the morning and draw your butt out of bed and get into the Bible and pray. It's because the enemy doesn't want you to search the scriptures. Because then you'll find out that everything that God said is so. And then you'll be well watered. And then you won't be able to shut up. Next week's scripture. I'm sorry. Comments? Anybody got something they want to say? I took my glasses off. I thought I was finished. <laughs> I forgot to give you next week's scripture. Jason. It ain't going to get easy. Jason, who they attacked. What's it mean? One who will heal or about to cure. Oh, that's cool. That's amazing. I never looked it up because I wasn't really going there, but I read through it to get us the context. Wow. He got persecuted for listening, and now he got healed. Okay, here's the next week. 2 Timothy 2.15. It ain't getting easier. I'm turning the corkscrew on you. 2 Timothy 2.15. I don't know it yet, so I've got to get there, and I'll tell it to you. Listen to me. I know it mostly. 2.15. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Be diligent to present yourself approve to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth woohoo <laughs> corkscrews 2 Timothy 2.15 well watered Bereans always are diligent to show themselves approved workers unto God rightly dividing the word of truth because we don't have anything else to say and when we do, it means we're in the flesh. Amen? Father, thank you for your word. Teach us to be Bereans. Well, water us, Lord. Pour out your spirit upon us. Baptize us afresh and anew for your glory for such a time as this. Give us a desire to be diligent, to show ourselves approved, that there will be evidence and fruit and action from our life by the power of the Holy Spirit as we rightly divide the word of truth so that others can come to salvation and we can walk in your truth. We give you praise uh, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you.